Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have Kim McGinley, Managing Director of Vibe Finance with me. So to give a bit of a background, Kim has been running Vibe Finance since April of 2018 and specialises in finance for commercial and residential property investments. Kim's won a multitude of awards, and if we reeled them off, we'd be here for a while. You'll always see on LinkedIn, Kim's winning an award for, for something or other. And she's been nominated for Portsmouth Business Excellent Awards for Employer of the Year 2021 and Small Business of the Year 2021. So Kim's definitely the one to listen to when it comes to running a business. And I think it's safe to say to be nominated for those type of awards in in the last year is just phenomenal. So congratulations. The reason I wanted to get Kim on the podcast was to discuss how she not only enhanced the brand of Vibe Finance on social media, if you've seen Vibe Finance on any platform, social media platform, you'll know their colours are purple and pink. And if you listen to this podcast before, I'm I'm huge on colour but also how Kim has successfully made her mark on LinkedIn with more personal posts and going down that personal branding route as well. So without further ado, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Kim. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. That's right. We were talking before. You're having a bit of a manic day, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Nothing changes. (laughs) Everyone. I suppose you, because you deal in the more of the commercial aspect at the moment, are you seeing any impact of the stamp duty? Anything coming off the back of that yeah I think it's just all it's all like a factor in like the bottleneck of completions that we've got at the minute or the the completions that should be happening so and like I said it's I think it's just solicitors are inundated they're over you know capacity for what they they can be doing so um yeah we're kind of it's a lot of chasing at the moment but um it's getting there so hopefully after the 30th of June things might calm down a little bit a bit, yeah. yeah. I've, yeah. Just, um, I've just had an offer accepted on a house and I instructed the solicitors last week and I got an email this morning to say that a lot of their team have tested positive for COVID through the test and trace. So they're really busy at the minute and then half of them have been sent home and there's a few of them that are really quite ill. So they're running at like 30% capacity in probably one of the busiest months known to man. Oh, that must be like a nightmare for them. At the best of times, you know, but let alone with the stamp duty and, you know, the levels yeah. they must be seeing. Oh, I just couldn't imagine. But I thought it was a nice touch, actually, that they'd sent a letter out to everybody yeah. to say, just bear with us. I think um, it just needs a bit of understanding, doesn't it? You know, definitely. Yeah. Empathy. yeah anyway. Well, yeah. So you, you can take an hour now. It's going to be about half an hour, 45 minutes to just relax and don't pick up any calls or anything. So I wanted to the first thing I wanted to get into is why Vibe Finance? Where did that come from? So I was talking to a friend of mine about something completely different, but around the time that I was thinking about setting Vibe up. Mm-hmm. And I remember them saying to me one day, Kim, what's your vibes about what we were talking about? And I was like, I'd never heard this. I was like, what do you mean? And it's like, you know, what's your thoughts? What's your feelings? I thought, oh, I really like that, the way that you've done that. And then um, when I started talking about the business, I was like, well, I want it to have like family vibes, positive vibes. And I just kept coming back to that one like word. So that's ultimately where it was born from, yeah. Oh, look, I, love, I thought it might come from the positive vibe because if if you've seen any of Kim's content, it's 
it's always quite real it's quite raw but it's always got this positive edge to it it's never down in the dumps or you're always out doing stuff with a team aren't you or family yeah, yeah definitely so you used to work for a corporate company before did you I and then know. why did you go and set it up in, on yourself I think if I'm honest um I just saw an opportunity to utilize the experience that I'd had over the previous years and I think I hit my 30s mm-hmm. and I think at that time um I had my my children were younger and I wanted kind of something for myself I didn't really want to be traveling to London anymore um I wanted to create something for myself where I didn't have to be dictated to as to when and how I can spend time with them so that was my biggest driver but I mean anyone that knows me I'm quite an impulsive person once I get an idea I, I tend to just completely go for it 200% without overthinking things so um, which is a good thing in some instances but maybe not in, in, in others so I'm, I am a little bit impulsive so yeah once I had that idea I just couldn't let it go so you just ran with it exactly I'm so glad that I did <laughs> I think it's similar to me and it's a conversation I was having with somebody the other day about bucket lists and they said yeah. what's on your bucket list I'm like well I suppose I have things but if I want to do something I'll just go and do it there and then I don't see why you have to wait to, to act on it and I know some people are but I said I can resonate with that if I want to do something I'll just do it straight away and it's interesting meeting people and also managing people that aren't like that because I've got a, a few overthinkers in my team okay and I've because I've never been an overthinker mm. it's kind of adapting that um empathetic approach that not everyone is and how yeah. you manage that at the same time as well but I do find it funny sometimes I'm like you're really overthinking this <laughs> um, it's fine <laughs> but then sometimes it can be a positive guard because I've jumped into things before and thought or oh, maybe yeah maybe I shouldn't have done that yeah make a mistake and learn from it <laughs> so when did you st- well firstly did you manage staff in your old role no I've never managed staff before in my life I've always been managed by other people so um and I've always been quite content at that time in my life when I was doing those roles as a lending manager to just do my job I genuinely loved what I did mm-hmm. um, but no I didn't manage anyone so this has been a complete journey for me and an eye-opener as well so I've learned a lot and I've still got I'm sure so much to learn but it yeah. seems from looking at your posts on LinkedIn and we'll get into the social media section in a bit is you really do get on with your team don't you it, it, it's a really close-knit team and for somebody that hasn't managed before and hiring staff at what stage, and I ask this question because I speak to a lot of brokers that are on their own at the moment, they're starting out in the business, and they're getting to the stage where they're weighing up whether it's worth hiring somebody or is it worth just working those extra two or three hours a day. At what stage did you hire staff and, and when do you think you should hire staff? It's a really difficult question, actually. I mean, you can look at your, your, you know, ultimately you need to look at your accounts and make sure that you've got funds there to do so. But if I'm being brutally honest, I didn't on my first, um, taking on my first staff member, which was Beth, who's with me now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. It's, it's a, I compare it to like being a parent for the first time or when you have bought your first ever house, mm-hmm. you're always going to be worried. Oh my God, should we do it? Can we do it? And there's all these kind of emotions that you can tie into that. And I think it's the same thing that actually can be applied to business. It's petrifying making these decisions. It's completely uncomfortable. You just hope for the best as well, that you're not only are you ready to take someone on, but are they going to be the right person, the training of someone, bringing them on. But 
until you do that, uh, you, I think that all, will always come a point. It depends what your long-term goals are. Mm-hmm. If it's just to generate an income, a passive income that you can um, manage yourself and you don't really want the stresses because with employing staff, that in itself creates other, I, I don't want to say stresses, but um, you know, if you're doing the day-to-day job and doing that, it's quite time consuming. So I think ultimately for me, because I knew that eventually I would love to be out of the office knowing that things are completely taken care of in the office. That was kind of the goal I wanted to get to. I didn't want it just to be me stressing day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And I would happily just go through that journey and train the staff to hopefully that level that I need them to be. So with that goal in mind, that was my key driver. And I knew that I couldn't get there by doing everything. And I think with mortgages, the administration is so admin intensive, whether you're regulated or specialist, it's more like a good ethical broker where you've got your suitability letters to do and you know your research and things like that by taking on an admin was the best thing that I ever did it freed up my time to try and bring more leads on spend a bit more time on social media doing that um so it's it's a difficult question to answer but I mean I wouldn't say just to I've made a lot of head and heart moments um and that was pretty much a heart moment when I took on my first staff member uh, like I said I just hope for the best and never look back and how many have you got in the team now we've got seven of us well eight soon to be eight um fantastic but I mean again that takes time George and Craig who are my most recent additions um it takes time to build a pipeline and things like that so you're investing in your business you're investing in your team Mm -hmm. and things don't happen overnight it's not like a massive rosy picture that you know social it's hard work but it's so rewarding so yeah I've got no regrets in growing a team at all and when you hire staff do you hire staff that you can train in that role or do you prefer to hire staff that are already experts in that in that field not necessarily so like I said Beth came on board she'd been a month for 10 years she was in the mortgage industry back free like credit crunch and it's a completely different world now but I think once you've got those that understanding of mortgage process for the role that I wanted someone to come in and do it's it's also factoring in the right person like I said and you know how they're going to fit in with the company that I'm looking to build so there's a few things to take into account but um yeah it's just I think I'm also open to taking people on that are not from specialist finance and you can grow them to be your own um which is a bit more intensive on the training side but you know again thinking about the vibe branding that we're looking to create in the team it's that investment in those types of people. I think you just have to be the right person. You'd rather look at the, the quality of that person rather than yeah. their their bits of paper that they have to say that they've done X, Y, and Z. Exactly. It's more of like an all-rounder thing for me. So, yeah. So anybody listening to this, especially if it's somebody that's just started out in, in mortgage advice um, or even specialist finance, what do you do on a day-to-day basis and what cases can you help people with? So what we do on a day-to-day basis, um, so up until now, it's purely been the niche area of the market, any type of investor finance from ground-up developments, term loans, commercial units. If someone's not going to live in the property in that sense, we can do it. Um, it's where a lot of other brokers actually, maybe that are focusing on the regulated side, they're not quite comfortable in that area or need a bit of assistance. And yeah, we're working with many other mortgage brokers, um, helping them also as another income generator. Um, in that instance so and we've also literally just launched into the regulated side as well fab we were kind of touching on that weren't we and it's one of those things i don't want to bring it up just in case it's kind of all under wraps but so you're going to be going into the uh residential side now 
yeah, the company's there. I'm writing regulated mortgages. I just haven't officially gone out there on social media, really, and media and our, and our finance media to kind of launch that at the moment. It has to be the right time and it will be imminently. And I, I, like I said to you earlier, I've got someone coming on board on that side that's going to really help me to push that forwards because I think I'll be spreading myself too thin if I yeah. try to do that all on my own. So, yeah. I, think, I always think of a company from a social media point of view, of course. I think that vibe to do the vibe mortgages and protection and that kind of thing all over Instagram, especially Instagram. It's such an Instagrammable brand. I think um, yeah. you can just see it now with some beautiful images. I, I really think it's going to do well. Obviously your staff are going to be superb, but the marketing off the back of it will really back up that team. won't it? I'm really excited to launch that side on social media actually. Yeah. So um, yeah, hopefully you can get my teeth into that in the next few weeks. See it coming. But I, I know we skipped, we skipped over what you do at the moment, but, Kim's always there. LinkedIn inbox is always open, isn't it? If anybody needs any help with specialist finance that, as you said, people might not feel comfortable doing it, they can pass it over to you as a specialist. And yeah. I mean, we've only been going for 10 minutes, but I'm sure you can tell from the way that Kim speaks about a business, you're quite caring about your clients, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I push the team hard. I'm not going to lie. They're usually <laughs> now. I, you know, I just, I have this, bar, I, I've always said to the team, we're not there to be an average broker. And we can't think like an average broker. So I'm always pushing them to think outside of that. If you know what I mean, what else can we be doing better? So yeah, I mean, customer service is 100% how we've got hopefully the recognition that we do and we're not even nearly where we want to be. So fingers crossed, yeah. And what do you, do you see a lot of your clients in the office or do you, are you mainly Zoom at the minute? Because we've got an office space mainly down on the South Coast, we've got one in London, but our clients are so like spread throughout the UK, including like, you know, up the way to Scotland. So um, we don't often meet clients, more than happy to, but if I'm honest with you, I'm happy doing a Zoom call. Most clients are happy just to get on the phone to us, but however our clients want it to work, our doors are always open or, you know, we're, we're free to have meetings however they want. The reason I ask that is because your office, it's one thing... I remember from being on LinkedIn last year during lockdown and you did a lot of content on, on LinkedIn during that time, just seeing that huge pinky purpley wall in the office. I just think it's amazing. If you, where, have you got any photos of it on your website or anything? Like yeah, that? Um, it's on social media somewhere, like the images on there. I don't, I never knew I could get so excited about a bit of wallpaper. <laughs> oh, was it wallpaper? I thought it was paint. No, it's wallpaper. We did actually look at the painting, but to get the ombre effect was near on impossible. And right. we very nearly, we got told by so many wallpaper specialists, because Craig's actually come from a printing background, so he knew quite a lot of people. <laughs> and we very nearly got a graffiti artist to come in and spray it, because oh, they said yeah. that's how it would be but no in the end they said no do you know what we can do this as wallpapers so yeah I, I do love, love that it. absolutely love it it's I could just imagine sitting there in the in the office working and it must just be such a vibrant atmosphere with the yeah. team and the colors and it's I just think it must be quite a dynamic office to be in a lovely place to be Bearing in mind this time last year it was a smelly cafe like a kitchen so oh, <laughs> oh, so you've yeah. not been in there long then no, so we were up here in this room that I'm in now, this is our meeting room, but we an opportunity came about where they stopped to trade in the cafe downstairs before actually COVID happened. And the landlord said to me, do you want that space? And it was kind of the moments I thought, this is COVID, we're in a lockdown. This shouldn't really, you know, and again, I just took that risk and thought, no, and it's the best thing I've ever done because we're all based down there now. This is our like conference meeting room. 
and it just works really well. So I'm a big believer in fate. And obviously, I think hopefully that was supposed to happen. So, yeah, but if you listen to this, actually don't do it right now after the podcast go in out go and check out a few photos on, on kim's social media it's, it's it's great and that leads me perfectly into social media section i really want to get into what you do on social the colors how you use it so i'm going to start off with what is the best platform to generate leads for your business at the minute at the minute i'll be honest oh god at the minute I would say it's still LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn has remained the prominent one for us um, since we started, really. So we come from no, you know, client base whatsoever. We've never bought a lead. It's all been generated off social media. Love it. Which is why even on the days I don't want to post, I know that I should and I have to. So, um, but no, LinkedIn is one of these platforms that's changed over the years. Um, Like we were talking about earlier, Chris, you know, we were saying, it has predominantly been a very much a business platform, that's it. But now I'm seeing so many people show their personal sides on there. And, and I see, yes, you're never gonna please everyone. Some people aren't gonna like that. Um, but a lot of people actually do. And it's not, it's the people that you don't even know are watching you until you might put a post on there. Like they send you a private message saying, oh, I've been following you for a while. And you know, you're on LinkedIn and you're kind of thinking, okay, maybe other people are noticing these posts. So. I think LinkedIn is that great at the moment. It's between personal and business, whereas Facebook's a little bit more, you know, relaxed. And don't get me wrong, all these platforms have their place, but LinkedIn for me has just been this great place where you can kind of be a bit of both. Mm-hmm. And your ideal client is more likely to be on LinkedIn than they would be on Facebook anyway. It's, it's easier for you to build that brand on, on LinkedIn, isn't it? Yes, it is definitely. You can only get so many connections on Facebook as well. I think it's like 5,000. Whereas on LinkedIn, it's literally, you know, you can go up to however many and grow your kind of target. Talking about those messages, because I want people to realise this, especially if you're starting out, that your social media posts, I always liken them to a billboard. You might not get people interact with them, comment or share with them, but people are still going to see it and they're going to see the pink branding. How many messages do you get, like we just said, messaging you going I've been following you for a year but then you look at their name and think I've never seen them comment on any of my stuff whatsoever do you get that a lot then I I do get it a lot actually and also from clients that you know I end up speaking to like I've seen all over LinkedIn and and you can feel at times that you're not really reaching anyone and especially in the early stages it's a little bit tough because you can't look too much about the likes and the engagement but trust me that the more it's about the consistency if you're consistent with it um, and in a way that you want to be known for, unfortunately, I mean, I know some people that have gone down the route where they're a little bit controversial and that's how they're getting noticed. That's what they don't mind being known for. I'm a little bit different that I don't really want to be controversial on there. There's, there's saying your opinion, but there's also like dropping that bomb and watching everyone just kind of come in and comment. But again, you're, you're not going to please everyone with your posts. Even now, I do get the odd comment. That, and I, I just block it out. I just think it's part and parcel of what we do. Yeah. And the good outweighs the bad. So, like I said, it's just being consistent, um, especially in the outset. Yeah. So do you use your personal brand to generate leads? Or do um, you use the business pages to generate leads on LinkedIn? LinkedIn is mainly my personal brand. I do tie it in a little bit where I can with the vibe um, branding. But other than that, a lot of the content what I post is more like about my team or personal. Um, 
yeah, it, it's quite varied, but on LinkedIn, it's definitely, I'd say that's my main focus mm -hmm. as well as posting on the business page. And when we're talking about personal posts, your, your last few posts, can you talk us through, say, your last three posts off the top of your head that you've, that yeah. you've released? Oh God, I'm trying to think now. So <laughs> on the Father's Day, for example, um, I chose a photo actually that was at an award ceremony. So it's a little bit tied in again with, you know, the business side, but uh, yeah, so that was a, a, a trying to think what else I posted about now I post about I literally think something I don't overthink like I said to you earlier I don't really pre-plan my posts if I'm feeling something in the moment I'll post about it I mean I've posted about time scales for you know mortgages I've also posted about mental health because that's huge for me um, I've posted about business being tough at times because I think when you've got other people looking at you on these platforms it's quite easy, like I said, to paint those rosy pictures and not really talk about the tough times. But I think by doing so, that's when I've had people, like I said, reach out to me to say, thank you. I really needed to see that. I thought I was the only one feeling that way. And it's got something about it that you're, you're reaching people more on a much more personal level than you would if you just post business all the time. It's making you relatable, isn't it? That Yeah. If, if somebody connects with you and sees all of your content and then sends you a message, they feel like they already, like me inviting you onto this podcast, we'd never really spoken, but I feel like I already knew you because I've seen so much of your stuff over the last 12 months. And that's, that's the joy of it. And unfortunately, negative comments do come with that, especially when you are uploading photos of your kids when you come back off a half term holiday, yeah. you're uploading very, very personal stuff. And I can imagine you've probably been upset with some comments in the past I can imagine especially if you're doing really personal posts like that yeah how do you get over that when you're being honest about your family and you know your life outside of work I think there was times when I did take it quite personally but I've learned quite quickly now there is a block button for a reason you can you know and people can remove me if they want to but I tend to now just focus on you know lovely comments that people make as opposed to those one or odd ones that, that aren't yeah yeah and I think that's the best way to be you know and, and talking about comments I want people to realize how much time it's actually taken you to get to this point so how long have you been consistently posting on LinkedIn for I didn't do it enough at the beginning if I knew then what I know now I'd have done it the minute I thought about doing vibe um but yeah I've been doing it consistently I would say um I say consistently at the outset I thought being consistent was maybe one maybe pushing the boat out two posts a week really you need to be posting every day or at least five days a week um if not a little bit more to to gain the traction that you might want to gain on there it, again it comes down to what you what you're on there for but from a business perspective and it's also knowing that not many people still are comfortable posting on linkedin and social media if you can be ahead of the game and grasp this whole business slash personal posting I think you'll be on to an absolute winner. And I know so many people and I support them on LinkedIn that are in my industry that are now doing it. And I love seeing their posts. I really, really do. And it's also seeing, which I think is great for this podcast, seeing how supportive other brokers are of other brokers. Yeah. That has really surprised me when I first started. I have had the most amazing people reach out to me um, offering their support and help. And, you know, they're at the end of the phone any other time. We work in a great industry, and I think it is important to know that we are there to support each other. One thing I've noticed, because I look after both estate agents and mortgage brokers with their social media, and 
I have to say, I've been an estate agent in the past. Mortgage brokers are so much more friendly to each other yeah. in terms of estate. Everybody's nice people, but mortgage brokers always find want to try and help each other. And being on LinkedIn these last 12 months, I'm not a mortgage broker, but I feel part of that community. Yeah, I could pick up the phone to any of you guys and, and have a chat and it would just be like talking to friends Definitely. with mortgage brokers. I don't know why it's so different to a state agency or any other any other field that I've seen on LinkedIn, to be honest. And do you know what the interesting thing is, I think, as well? So since COVID, obviously, we, we normally you, you kind of move in the same circles at all of these events and these industries that are going on. When that stopped in COVID, I actually feel much closer to a lot of these people now than I did when I was seeing them maybe yeah. once a month or, yeah, I just, I've got to know them. I think, like I said, people have just really grasped social media and I'm seeing them all posting a lot more and I love it. I absolutely love it. And I always make a point to like their posts and things like that. That's what I was about to say. You're really big on, you don't just post leave it yeah. and watch the likes come in and, and leave to it you you will sit there manually and reply to comments yeah how often do you or how much time do you spend on linkedin per day um okay so with linkedin when i'm at work actually unless it's a story on instagram which we have to kind of keep going with the algorithms and things like that i actually do a lot of my posting when i'm at home if i'm oh, okay so maybe i might be in the bath or yeah, yeah. Do, do, that's honestly and if I'm waking up first thing in the morning and I'm like right before I get up and do anything else I'm gonna do I say a quick post but posting isn't that quick when you're doing it to multiple platforms it's like yeah. Instagram with your hashtags Facebook doesn't have hashtags LinkedIn likes three hashtags so by the time you've gone through and posted on all the platforms it's actually a good 30-40 minutes um yeah in the morning have you ever used the Buffer app I haven't so Buffer is it's a scheduling piece of software but you can share direct and what you can do is you can write out the your post yeah and then it will it will go to send it to linkedin facebook and instagram and then you can edit each one with different hashtags and you can pre-do this yeah yeah once we finish the podcast well i'll have a chat to you about it and you can yeah buffer allows you to do 10 posts over three channels for free Amazing. Yeah, it's a really useful bit of tool. But the best thing for you, I think, will be you can write out the post. Facebook, you can just leave it. Instagram, you can paste in your tags. And then LinkedIn, you can put your three. Hit share and it will send it to all three for you. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you've done this today. <laughs> I need this in my life. Yeah, just in the morning. I just thought it'd save you a bit of time. We'll have a chat about it after. Yeah. But I just I wanted people to realise how it's not just a case of you doing a nine to five job doing your social media you do it when the kettle's on you check people's comments is it that kind of thing that you do it really is because it's not just about posting your own content and just the hoping that everyone's going to like it I mean I make a point to like and comment on other people's posts and also reply to comments on mine as well again I'm not just doing it for the algorithm and things like that but it just you don't want to just be known for that you want to be responding to people and and you know anyone that's taken time to comment on my post I've got more than happy you know to commit some time to responding to them but like you say it is very bitty between my day that when I do that and it has to be doesn't it because it's not like you said you don't um sorry you don't think about the post that you're going to put out you you're more reactive so you can't sit there in the morning and say I'm going to send out 10 comments because a great bit of content might come out at four in the afternoon from one of your friends that you want to go and comment on you need to do it throughout the day don't you 
it is it's literally continuous and there some days and I think this is important for people to know as well that you can take a break from social media I think it is needed so every now and again I might have a weekend where I don't do any posting I don't look at social media or I schedule in maybe a week um, where you don't do it as well and I know lots of people that do that so it can become you need to be in the right frame of mind and running a business like we know it is ups and downs but you can take a small break from it as well when you need to. So it makes you want it more then when you go back to it, doesn't it? It gives you that. I, sometimes I struggle to stick with that. But <laughs> again, it just comes down to, you know, your own personal reasons. And it greatly leads me into, so we've talked about LinkedIn and then we're going to talk about personal reasons for staff because you almost need staff to be on board with social media now, don't you? Yeah. On your, if you look at Vibe's um, Facebook page, it's different to your LinkedIn content because it's more about the team, isn't it? So there's a, a lovely photo on there. One of your staff got married, somebody's birthday on there. It's very personal, your Facebook page, isn't it? Yeah. How do you speak about social media to people when you're interviewing them? Excuse me. I, it is something that I bring about because it's the, like I said, the foundations of what we've been built on um, is posting regularly on social media. It is something that comes up because I'm quite keen for people to build their own branding as well. You know, no matter where my team go and what they do, I would love them to be known. So I don't really want it to be just Kim at Vibe. I want it to be, you know, George at Vibe, Craig at Vibe. And for them to be posting, I want it more for them as well. Yes, it raises the awareness, but it also is creating their own name within the industry. So no matter, you know, if one day they decide to go off and do something themselves, they've created that. And I think that's really important to me. But interestingly, at the same time, I haven't really had anyone that said, I don't want to post. <laughs> I know some of them like aren't comfortable to post as much as I do, but I've really noticed them make a conscious effort to, to post. And, and I, I like seeing their responses when somebody's interacted with them and you know they see the benefit as well. But it's not that I can't say that I can only employ people that will only post on social media. Oh, no, of course. But I think even if somebody was against social media, I think seeing how you do it in a very non-salesy, very personal and friendly way, it might be that somebody has a preconceived idea that social media is evil. And actually, no, you can use it for a force of good. And I think people, it's great because they buy into that ethos of vibe. This is how we do things. And we do it on social media we're very caring about our clients we're very personal and that's resonated within our social media content as well yeah do you get a lot of your people um in terms of customers i'm talking now they do they relate to the pink and purple do you get a lot of comments about the branding i do and it's it makes me laugh actually how my clients do put go team vibe in the hashtag and uh, they right. really embrace it and do you know what when we have our out of office on and things like that it's like thank you for contacting you always use the hashtag team vibe um we've got the hashtag on our wall downstairs so but yeah they, they really buy into it as well and I, I love seeing that it makes me smile each time they put a comment on that says to you it's i had it the other day somebody tagged in uh, put a hashtag of social for brokers and i don't use that and i thought god something i've created somebody's using it as a hashtag and it, it kind of blew my mind a bit <laughs> yeah definitely it is it's it's just nice to see isn't it as well yeah just you in your own yeah. world <laughs> so you do all the social media pretty much do you have any do you outsource any of your social media to people no I've looked at it before in the past it is quite costly to have a PR company do it for you I've thought about bringing on a um an apprentice because look at I mean god my my son's 12 and he's addicted to TikTok and things like that so 
actually to take someone on to handle that side could be something that I do in the future but it's the letting go because of what we do is quite it's not pre-planned it is a bit personal it's quite hard to convey that and to put that trust in someone else to continue that for me yeah. because it is my own thoughts and my own uh, opinion so it's not that I disagree with it at all it would free up a lot of my time <laughs> but I think it would take it away you need to make sure you still do the personal bits wouldn't you it is it's really important to me it's it's um it is really important for me to, to like keep that so and I don't know how that I would manage that unless I gave it to someone to outsource so I am a massive fan of outsourcing you know if you can do it mm -hmm. um it's just like I said the personal side I think I'd have to keep for myself but maybe the business pages that I would consider okay it's just interesting to to see where your head's at because you spend a lot of time doing that don't you and that's it I enjoy it that's the thing like I really do yeah. enjoy doing it and creating the content and sometimes I get to post something and I'm like oh do I don't I and do you? You never know. yeah I do especially when it's personal you kind of put yourself out there mm -hmm. and I don't know what makes me stop but I just in the end I don't I just post it and then but you never know what's going to get the best engagement I mean one of my best engagements so far was me falling in last year I was trying to do a video I fell into my stand literally behind me <laughs> and it got like 20,000 views or something I can't remember and it's that's what started to get me thinking last year that people and I was I did a TikTok I was carrying my washing upstairs this is in the first lockdown and again, that people love that. And it, it really surprised me. Like, but I talk about my business and we're doing a great job, but yet you want to see me carrying my washing up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, every, because you, you're a person at the people see you as this head of vibe finance that help broke these million pound deals. But actually, you're actually a person that does actually do their own washing. Do you know what I mean? That's what they want to see. <laughs> what we didn't actually <laughs> we didn't actually touch on Instagram stories. You spoke about that. Yeah. What do you upload to your Instagram stories? Oh, there's things that are going on in the office. We're welcoming back the business development managers now. Um, so yeah, it can be anything, if I'm honest with you. If I treat the team to ice creams in the office, we put a post on about that. Yeah. It could be so insignificant, but it just, again, it keeps us at the top of that newsfeed yeah. um, on Instagram. So yeah, and, and, and new products that are coming out, we tag lenders in it. So um, I've been a little bit on the quiet side with that recently, and I'm trying to get the team to help me on the story side, but they're still really scared of doing it. Um, it's a tough one because it's it's real time, isn't it? It's behind yeah. the scenes. I, I listen to a woman called Jan Murray, who's got a really good podcast. She's based in the UK, um, and she releases a really good diary with all like the awareness days in it. And she talks about Instagram. She says, if you liken it to when you're having your house value, your Instagram grid, where all your posts are, is when you tidy up the house for the estate agents to come around. Your yeah. Instagram story is your everyday running of the house, and that's how you should think about it. And yeah. you hit the nail on the head. It's buying the staff ice cream. It's new products that are coming out, just something fresh and something that you can tag other people in and get some engagement on it. Yeah, we tag clients in if they've got completed development projects and things like that. Any, it could be anything. Love it. Yeah, Love. the dog. We've got the dog in the office. It could be. Oh, you, have you got an office dog up here? Yeah, he's not small either. He's a, a Rhodesian Ridgeback. So, and he's only, he's 10 months old, but he's going through the terrible twos. So he's... he's <laughs> <laughs> Whose dog is it then? Is it yours that you bring to the office, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I bring him in. And actually I thought the team were getting fed up with him because he's got a habit of sniffing people in inappropriate parts. 
we've had some real top people in from some of these lenders and i have been mortified at some of those situations but i didn't bring him in last friday and the team's like oh where's arlo gone and i'm like do you actually want me to bring him in? oh that's class that but those you get it's little things like that that will on your instagram stories and on your social media will separate you from the stuff because we were talking about this before we came on mortgages are boring and that's unfortunately they are and you need to do something to really and that's where i'd really like the vibe we talk about the dog obviously but the vibe branding it brings a whole new kind of fresh approach to it and you were saying actually the vibe logo you were toying between green and blue weren't you or pink yeah and so when they when the website company came around to me and they were asking me what what i visualized for the vibe brand and all i kept saying was bright fresh i think those are the main words that i used um, and they came back to me with the purple and pink and a green and blue. And I had said to them, I don't really want green and blue. There's a lot of that in the industry, but this was like a very fluorescent, like out there. And um, for a long time, yeah, I had it up on my wall at home. And if I was driving in the car, I'd look at them and think, which one am I more drawn to? And I was torn for a really long time. And yeah, I'm so glad we went with pink and purple. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's it's such a strong brand. I absolutely love it. So we're going to get into the strategy part now, and this is where we could you really get a feel for well how you've created the business because I suppose it would be what you'd do again. But we're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of Scotland. You've got a laptop, a mobile phone, and an internet connection. What I need would you connection in Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right up north. <laughs> you have to put your hand out the window and hold one of the yeah. aerials, and you'll get it. Um, what would you start doing to generate new leads in terms of commercial or resi? Because you, you personally can do both, can't you? Yeah, if I'm honest with you, I mean, I'm obviously social media. I would continue to post the absolute hell out of it mm -hmm. to generate leads. Um, I'm a little bit of a fan as well of the cold calling is a little bit of a hard one. But I don't when you say cold calling, you think of these salespeople that just kind of go into one. That's not necessarily I mean, I've got a target market that I would want to. Uh, maybe it's a property developer company. I would literally look, research that, look them up on LinkedIn, because that's the best way to do it. Like you can get, rather than calling and getting past the gatekeeper, you just go on LinkedIn, look at who are the directors or the CEOs, and that could be your route in by calling and asking for them by name. So again, I would just be doing that as well. But the social media thing is what's worked here. I could be anywhere in the world and running the business essentially so whether that's i love scotland as well whether that's in scotland or not um that's what i would do just carry on with the personal and i suppose the directors of those companies on linkedin will slowly but surely get to learn who you are mm -hmm. and do you get a lot of people approach you in, especially now but in the beginning did you have people approach you rather than you having to go at them no not really it took, okay. it took a while to build the branding actually um, I'd say at least a good year um, into 2019 when we were getting some traction from, so that's what I mean, it's not an overnight, you can't just be like an overnight success on social media, it takes time and consistency, but um, no, it did actually take a little while. Um, so it's, it's being consistent with, and would you look at, and I want to quickly touch on this, and it's something that I've not spoken to people about before, but the amount of awards that, that you've won as a team and personally, how do you go about applying for those, being nominated for those? Because those can be a great thing. If We're talking about Scotland here, but if you're starting up a new business, yeah. awards are a great way to get recognition, aren't they? So how do you apply for them? How do you get nominated for them? 
do you know what? I was so naive in the beginning. I, I was waiting around, waiting for someone to nominate me. So I thought that was just how you had to do it. Okay. And someone said to me, no, we've got someone full time in the office that literally puts together these submissions and that's all they do. That's all they work on because there's so many in our industry, these types of awards. And I was like, oh, okay. So I can't just sit around waiting for someone to nominate me because no one's really going to do that. What um, I'm I'll be sitting there thinking I'm waiting for jobs to... No, I mean, whenever the award submissions open and there's different processes. I love the ones where you have to do your own submissions. So if you do become a finalist, um, you know, there's ones that I've had to write four page documents, really going into a lot of, especially the news, the business ones that are coming up um, soon, which I love because it's a different angle to the, the normal industry wide ones. Um, but yeah, you have to put a lot of time and effort into it though, not only to stay on track of when they're opening their submissions, but then whatever the process, I mean, I've come off, I had two Zoom calls with like a panel of judges the other week. So sometimes you have to be interviewed for these things, but I love that process as well. I could talk about the company because I've got so much passion for it all day long, if I'm honest yeah. with you. So I won't, I won't keep you bored <laughs> for too much. No, it's really interesting because you see how many, like every second week last year I was looking at it, it was like, oh, Kim's won another award or Kim's been nominated for another award. And you don't see, you've obviously spent a lot of time applying for those awards. Yeah, and you know, like I said, when you have to justify being, you know, if you do make, you know, you're lucky enough to be a finalist or or however or shortlisted, it's then putting that thought and effort. And you know, I've got no idea what other companies how they do their submissions, mm -hmm. but I treat it the same as what I do for social media. I keep the personal aspect in there. I keep it very much about the vibe, the team. So whether that's a little bit different that gets us noticed I, I literally have no idea but I don't know if what I'm doing is even right but I'll keep doing it well it's working it's working and it's great to when you are speaking to clients especially for example you've been nominated for the Portsmouth um, small business and employer to say to people in your local area it's great when customers come on board because you can tell them yes we we have been nominated for these awards but I even think it's great for staff I mean, yeah. staff want to work for an award-winning company and an award-winning owner of a business mm. such a great pull I think yeah I'd like to think so I mean the interview process I mean we do I talk about my team probably more than the actual job itself. that's great I love that with people I just think that you know if we're going to get to where I hope we're going to get to at some you know someday it's the team that's going to get us there and it has to be like the right it really I know I hate saying being cheesy saying the right vibe but it really really does I yeah. think you know I think you beat the the trend on that word because it, it, it's the go-to thing now, isn't it? Everybody's saying get the right vibes, positive vibes, but the, the name the name sums it up. It's perfect. Well, Kim, thank you so much. It's been really insightful. I hope people get an insight of how to use LinkedIn correctly, how to use Instagram stories, how to apply for awards and how to be personal, but not inundating people with your personal stuff. People actually want to see what Kim's talking about because there's always a business tie to it as well. So um, thank you so much for coming on. As a thank you, I want to make a donation to a £10 donation to a charity of your choice. So which charity was it? Oh, so yeah, Solent Mind, if that's okay. It's a uh, mental health charity that's local to us that we're supporting this year throughout 2021. So that'd be lovely. Thank you so much. No problem. That's great. Fantastic cause. Well, Kim, thank you again. Thanks so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Speak soon. Cheers. Yeah. 
So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.